How can busy doctors set up their personal finances to maximise their chance of success? This topic can seem so difficult, but in today's episode, we will discuss five steps that you can take to simplify it today. My name is Dan. Welcome to the Passive Income Doctor podcast. Just a reminder, this podcast is for entertainment purposes. Nothing here is financial advice. Please speak to your trusted professional advisors. Views expressed by podcast participants are solely their own. So managing your money, personal finances. Often this may come up in topic of discussion in the tea room or operating theatre or even the online forums. You know, lots of people asking, you know, who's the best financial planner? What's the best method to manage my money? Um, you know, do I need to spend thousands of dollars on a financial planner? And um, is there any, you know, magic bullet or hack to help simplify managing my finances? Often it can seem so complex. But in today's episode, I share my thoughts um, from my experience. And I will share five steps that you can take to take control of your personal finances. But definitely, please um, speak to your trusted licensed advisors um, to tailor a solution for you. So step number one would be to assess your current situation, you know, warts and all. Um, you might not be in a particularly high income situation at the moment, or you might be going through a period of high expenses. You know, it could be um, the expensive fellowship exams, or it could be um, a medical student and having to go overseas on elective um, or it could be uh, you know newly fellowed but having to take uh, a fellowship year uh, overseas to do further subspecialty training um, which anecdotally doesn't pay very well whatever the case you want to assess what your situation is now so, because if you know what your position is now then you can implement goals to work towards so this is something I did as an exercise recently, you know. It could be something as simple as having an Excel spreadsheet. You want to list your assets and your liabilities um, and then also as well have a cash flow statement as well, which would be your income and your expenses. So first up, um, I guess your balance sheet, you want to list all your assets. This could be things like properties, um, your own home, investment properties, cars, cash and savings account, shares, ETFs, super. Some liabilities will include, you know, hex debt, loans against properties, um, you know, credit cards, um, personal loans, things like that. And then assets minus your liabilities that will give you your net worth. And I guess in terms of cash flow, um, you could do it, for example, on a monthly basis. Um, you know, you could do it on a weekly basis as well, but sometimes you might have, um, you know, particular bill due on that week and it might um, be more worthwhile looking at it monthly just as a suggestion. Um, and, yeah, you know, overall, I would say we want to ensure that the money coming in is greater than the money coming out, income greater than the expenses. Step number two would be to try and set a goal that you're trying to achieve. Obviously, they talk about SMART goals, um, you know, specific, measurable, um, 
No, the risk escapes me at the moment. But yeah, it's something that is, um, you might have a big goal, but you might also want some medium term goals um, as a stepping stone to reach towards. So, you know, what is your end goal? You know, it could be you want to cut down the hours that you're working or have a passive income so you can spend more time with your family. Um, or it could be to create, you know, generation wealth. You know, um, it might not have come from much money yourself, but might want to create a better life for your kids um, to give them a better life. For myself, I would like to buy some of my time back. So don't have to work as many hours if you don't want to. Can spend time on side hobbies such as this podcast, um, you know, reading, but also would like to travel more. So having a strong goal um, is step number two. Step number three would be to try and develop these habits. You know, these things include tracking your weekly spending. You know, there's lots of different apps out there. You know, it could be as simple as Excel um, spreadsheet. Um, one app that recently came across and trying out is something called More, M O O R. I think it's run by um, Property Couch Podcasts, um, which is a good podcast, especially the first few episodes for those that are interested in property investment. Another habit would be you to um, read or if you're very busy, you know, on your car trip to work would be audiobooks or podcasts. There's so many podcasts out there nowadays. Um so choose the ones that resonate with you. You know, instead of just listening to music or listening to the radio or listening to the news, um, you know, you can listen to some podcasts and implement, um, yeah, you know, other people sharing their journey, their strategies, um, and you can pull out much wisdom from other people's lived experience. Another habit would be to track your savings rate. Um, you know, this could be a percentage of your uh, take-home income. Now, this will vary, and I won't specify a number because, for example, if you're in medical school and you don't have um, part-time, full-time work and you have to pay rent and um, lots of other expenses, your savings rate might not be high at all. Um, but one thing I would advocate is to try and end the week positive so you haven't eaten into your savings and that your savings or your balance sheet is going up not going the other way i know as a final year medical student um you know some of the banks would come and offer you know overdraft loans and personal loans and things like that i would caution against those unless you really have to um because those things can bite you in terms of interest rate um and also um, if you don't pay on time, can affect your credit rating and things like that. But definitely having um, a high savings rate um, is, is a good habit as well. You know, when you're younger and single, your expenses will also tend to be lower as well. So if you can implement good savings habits for later, um, if you have a family or have dependents um, or say you're in private practice and lots of expenses, um, if you're used to, you know, being able to have a lean budget, that will put you in good stead. It is best if you can um, kind of automate 
money management, you know, sh- shouldn't be spending more than, say, an hour a week. Um, we want it to make it easy um, so that you actually stick to it. Step number four would be to take action, you know, have a plan. So what might it be? It might be to increase your income, you know. Um, I guess in medical field, there's relative job security. Um, you know, would it be, you know, doing a locum or doing some overtime, putting your hand up to pick up overtime shifts? I remember as a junior doctor, there's always been people trying to swap out of overtime shifts. It might be reducing your discretionary expenses. It could be something as simple as reducing, um, you know, takeaway, Uber Eats. Um, you know, it's very easy to tap and go these days with the cards. Um and also review, you know, do you need to go on multiple overseas holidays a year? Um, I'm not saying not to have fun and enjoy life, but, you know, for some things you might want to make short-term sacrifices to have a longer-term payoff. You know, as I said, it comes back to that why. You know, if we can put aside money now, invest, turn our active income into passive income, then recurring passive income can supplement um, a lifestyle in the future and I guess doctors um, we're no stranger to making some sacrifices and delayed gratification you know would have had to sacrifice some social time recreation time during high school HSC year 12 um, or for medical school you know um, have to study for some exams so that you can pass and progress and then when you're a junior doctor, doctor in training, you might be um, spending your very few um, hours outside work um, doing extra research or audits. You know, it could be teaching um, to boost your CV to try and um, improve your chances of entering a competitive training program. So I guess we're no strangers to delay gratification and we can apply this in finances, personal finances as well. I know some junior doctors will take a year or more out of um, the formal training system to go locum and, you know, there's some online Facebook groups dedicated towards this and it's, uh, I think, becoming more and more um, popular nowadays where in the past it was more seen as um, taboo or fearful that it might be frowned upon. But definitely, especially in the rural areas, there's a lot of um, vacancies and demand for doctors Ironically, it could be good for career progression as well. You know, there's more opportunities to do procedures, for example, or step up in terms of clinical decision-making um, the more rural and remote you go. Another example of delayed gratification would be, say you want to um, purchase an investment property or even your own home to live in. And, um, you know, what can you do? You know, you may move back in with parents temporarily um, to save on rent, as I said, try and cut down on the um, takeaways, um, you know, reduce expenses, increase income. Once you have one investment property and it grows well, you can leapfrog into the next one, you know. It's very hard to save up the cash for the first deposit, but if you buy well and the first property grows and you've got equity um, and you've got remaining borrowing power, you can then use that equity as a deposit for second property. 
check out some of my other podcasts um, where I interview some property investors. I also share my own um, thoughts about property investing, how to value property. Um, it is an asset class that I personally am interested in. So check those ones out. On this taking action, don't forget you can have some advices that can, you know, help your journey. You know, make sure you choose good ones that won't hinder your journey. Um, so you, on your team, you might want a good accountant, mortgage broker, and don't forget insurance broker as well. You can sort out, you know, things such as income protection, TPD, trauma insurance. Step five would be reassess or evaluate. You want to revisit your progress at regular intervals. How are you going with your expenses, with your income? You might want to do this more often initially, you know, for example, every week. But then once you get the hang of it, once you've got a system in place and you're tracking along towards your goals, you can then review, for example, every month. What gets measured you can then work with to improve. So some closing thoughts today. So one would be spending less than you earn. It's very simple, but lifestyle creep is very real for high-income earners, including doctors. Studies show that you know more happiness um, comes from experiences rather than material possessions. So, do you need to buy the you know luxury car or um, handbags or jewelry or um, always the latest phone every year? You know, there's a um, article in the journal Environmental Social Psychology 2015 where you know experiential purchases bring great pleasure in terms of even anticipation beforehand and also remembrance afterhand. So you kind of get a big bang for your buck. It does suggest that, you know, perhaps one factor of why this is the case is maybe that people are more likely to talk about um, experiences, experiential purchases than material purchases. You know, often um, you hear um, colleagues talk about, you know, their trip overseas or, you know, um, um, if they went um, on a particular hike um, with their kids, with their family, what people are doing for, you know, Christmas, New Year's, annual leave, things like that. In terms of spending less than you earn, one tip I have heard in the past, um, and I can't remember who, you know, maybe it was a senior colleague, was, um, you know, try to live below your means. So, you know, as an intern, still live like you're a medical student. When you're a registrar, live like you're still an intern. And then when you're a consultant fellow, still initially spot, try to live and spend like you're a registrar. You know, at the end of the day, you really want to combat this lifestyle creep and not just wake up one day and, you know, find, you know, where's all this money going? Closing thought number two would be it's never too late to start taking care of your own finances. It's never too late to set aside money to invest. Um, so I commend you for listening to this podcast, taking interest in your personal financial health. You know, you might want to build a legacy for yourself, for your kids. Might want to, do, um, in the future, once you have financial freedom, can donate to charities, can donate time, you know, volunteer overseas. 
possibilities are endless. So I hope you found this episode, Personal Finance for Doctors, useful. You really could apply these principles to anyone in any profession, really. Personal finance doesn't have to be complicated. You know, have the systems in place, spend less than you earn, take action and invest. Thanks for listening to today's show. Please take a moment now to hit the subscribe button and share the podcast because this will help others benefit also. So until next time, keep taking steps to improve your financial health. Thank you.